Thanks for checking out this week's episode of the Shooting Jays podcast. I'm Jessica Snee, along with my co-host, Steve Thompson. How are you doing today, Steve? Doing great. Celtics win. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm always good after a Celtics win. Uh, we have a special guest today, Wayne Breezy. He is the host of the Shoot the Breeze podcast and the co-host of the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Thanks for joining us today, Wayne. Thank you for having me, guys. Absolutely. Love the name of the podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> perfect. Because your name goes perfect because them Jays were shooting the other night, weren't they? Oh, yeah. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, 109, 101 win. Uh, <laughs> big one, ser- you know, one up on the series, but huge loss with Gordon Hayward, uh, third, you know, third degree sprain, which means there's some part of ligament is torn. Uh, he just get, he has bad luck. I mean, it, it, people are saying he's injury prone. If you've played any level basketball, you've rolled your ankle before. Yeah, this is a, this is a bad roll of the ankle. Mm. I, when, we, when he first went up, and you saw him kind of like limp, and you were like, oh, he's going to be all right. But when they showed the replay, you just said, <laughs> Right? You're like swearing at the TV. You didn't know what words to come out because you yeah. automatically said, not again, not Hayward, mm. no. Luckily, it was a different ankle, though. Luckily, it was the right ankle opposed to the left ankle. But like you said, it's a third-degree ankle sprain, and he just has to allow it to heal. I, I personally think this is the last time we'll see Gordon Hayward in – for the 2020 season. That's just my take on it. But who knows what his will is and his he, he, he's going to try to come back. So we'll see. Now, do you think this is the last time we'll see him this year because of the injury or so much? Or is it that you don't think they're going to get through like the next round to have him back? Oh, it's definitely it's definitely injury. Because, I mean, this is something I know that they said it's approximately it's about four weeks. So you figure four weeks is we'll be in the finals in four weeks. Right. So do you do you rush him back like it's one of those things luckily it's the sprain uh which is actually worse than a break like you actually mm. break the thing so it can heal better but this is a sprain and who knows man it could be you know they're gonna have to super tape it up like you said too you hopefully hopefully he didn't tear any ligaments you know it's possible because it's a it's a third degree ankle sprain that he tore something but we don't really know um even though the mri did come back and said i don't think they said that anything was torn if i'm not mistaken i could be wrong but I think this. I think 2020 is done. Plus, remember he was going to be missing time to give birth uh, to give birth to his child. So um, this might be it for Gordon Haywood for this stint. Yeah, four weeks is ex- uh, September 15th would be when he come back, and September 15th is actually the first game of the Eastern Conference Finals. So, I mean, he and he's supposed to. I believe he, they said he was supposed to leave the bubble early in September. So, I mean, hopefully, if not, you know, hey, schedule an inducement in the beginning of September so that he doesn't have to, you know, he can go and then come back in the bubble and be back. I mean, who knows? Um, we want him back. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we want Gordon Hayward back. Listen, Gordon Hayward has been, like, the bright spot of the Boston Celtics. I think for this season, I felt like he was finally coming he was finally coming into his own. He he accepted the role that he was going to be like that third, fourth, fourth option. He looked like just a a great facilitator out there on the court, especially running with the second team. And and it's definitely going to be a loss for the Celtics. They're just going to have to figure out a way how to how to get more play out of some of those guys they have on there and try to get some guys to come off the bench and allocate those thirty plus minutes. 
Yeah, I mean, I think smart will get the start, um, obviously. But I, I, for me personally, I think that the minutes, Hayward's minutes will be split between Semi and Romeo. It's Romeo time. I want to see what this kid has. But he's going to watch with him because he's got actually a torn ligament in his wrist that he's playing through. I like that, though. I like mm-hmm. the Yes. Um, but, yes, the, the thing is this. Do you put? Do you want to place Romeo into this series matchup where – you know, you want him out there because you want him. You want Romeo out there for his defense. You're not going to get much much offense from Romeo. He just doesn't have it this particular year. To he hasn't been able to work on like what his offensive niche is for this team, right? But he is a defensive matchup nightmare with his length out there on those wings. And I I don't know about you, but I'm tired of wings just being able to shoot. Like it's like just, he locks you down on a perimeter, and that's kind of what you want. He can also play inside and rotate onto some of the bigger guys because of his size and because of his length. But the question is, do you really need him in this series or do you really want to use him for next series and give him more time to heal that, you know, the wrist injury that he has? That's the question. So who, who, who for you would get Hayward's minutes then would be in this series. I I'm, I'm with you though. I'm with you. It's going to be some Langford, but I don't think you're going to, I mean, it's, I don't think you're going to get much Langford, but it's definitely, he's going to definitely get, maybe seven minutes out of those 30 because you're going to roll more probably to um, Brad Wanamaker. It's probably going to get some of those minutes. And I kind of want to see like a, a mixture between some Grant Williams and some shimmy. Like, I think, I think that's what I want to see. You, if you watched the game, well, I know you watched the game, but for those out there, if you didn't watch the game, shame on you. But if you did, you saw when Grant Williams came out there, he made two, like, Marcus. Huge rebound. Yes. Yes. That's my point. And then Marcus, then Marcus Smart missed both open threes on that. I didn't want to talk about that. I just want to talk about <laughs> rebounds. You get what I'm saying? Listen, Marcus, I know he's listening to our podcast. And we love you, Marcus. But check this out, Mark. You are you are the great you you're the best playmaker on the Boston Celtics. We know that. And when you gotta shoot, it's taken away from your playmaking capability. So we want him out there making plays, playing defense. That's it. Like that's that's all we need him for, um, because his when he does shoot, when it's on, it's on, and we're we're happy. And when he misses, we're not upset or angry. It's just like another shot could have probably went to a better shot taker. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's how that rolls. But look, Grant Williams came on the court and gave the Celtics some energy, more energy than Rob Williams. So it was it's weird in this matchup, right? You like who do who do you want out there on the floor? So and you want to see Robert Williams get some more <laughs> minutes as well. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's really weird. <laughs> it's really weird how you think, how you look at it. It's going to be tough replacing them. Definitely. You know, cause you know, Grant Williams is young, very young. Semi's still pretty young. He shoots up a lot of threes still. Yeah. Like you said, Marcus is definitely probably going to get the start. And I think I cringe every time he starts jacking up threes. Like towards the end of the fourth last night, like you know those two threes that he just, you know, threw up there or whatever. One of them was like, I think somebody passed it to him, and like they didn't even have the ball six seconds, and he was jacking up a three. I'm like, when Philly was coming back towards the end of the fourth, he just for me, yeah, that just drives me nuts. (laughs) For me, I think Marcus Smart actually shoots better when he starts. I don't know why, but it seems that way. It, it does. 
and that's a good that's a good point. My thing though to that though, Jessica, is the simple fact that when he's shooting well, his defense is a little bit less. And and I don't know, like if they're in the first game, listen, the Celtics had, I think, seventeen turnovers, eighteen turnovers. One of those two numbers. It, it, that was that was amazing. They were playing passing lanes, tipping passes, getting out into transition, hitting buckets, missing easy layups, making easy layups. Like that's what I want from the Celtics. I like it when they're out, out there able to out you know run, transition, score, get back, play defense, set defense. That's what you want. It's just that if he has to expend energy trying to make shots and shoot shots, plus Smart needs to be shooting early to get to get going, you know. So if he has to do that, I'm I'm worried or concerned if Philly goes on some type of run, and now you need smart defense, but he's the only one scoring. Like, we're, like it'll be tough. So I, I I think he should just focus on D, focus on making the right play because if he starts, who's going to run that second unit? So I'm thinking Marcus Smart starts and then kind of gets subbed out early. Maybe you'll see Langford in there early, right? And then that's how that'll be a little rotation. And then Marcus Smart comes back. Because him and Wanamaker plays really well together, and so does Rob Williams when they come in there. So that's kind of like a cool three you can have on the floor at the same time. And you're probably always going to see either Tatum or or Brown, you know, flip flopping either one in the first half, one in the second. Like how they're going to play in that second unit because the rotation is shorter. So uh, I agree. Smart starts. I'm not sure how much he's going to get with the starting unit in the very like the first quarter because you want him in on that second unit. You need him on that second unit. You need somebody to facilitate the ball. Yeah, and Smart's not going to have a game like he did uh, yesterday. His his stat line was two one and one. So I mean, <laughs> You're right. that's not Marcus Smart. That's not going to happen again. You're and right. Hayward yesterday w- was uh, 12, 12, 4 and three. So I mean, we can get twelve four and three from you know different players, whether it be Romeo or uh, Shemi. You know what I mean? Those guys, um, and they need to look more to facilitate or drive to the basket. There you go. You got to get him beat in foul trouble early. Just keep driving at him. He's not going to be able to. I'll tell you this right now. Embiid will not be able to carry a team for seven games straight. I mean, a seven-game series on his own. He looked like he was taking plays off, bunch of plays off in last night's game. He had to. He was diving for loose balls, flying all over the floor. <laughs> the last, the last, pat, the last ball he dove for. I think he saved it and got it to his teammate. But I think we ended up stealing it. And, and running him over, he couldn't get up. He was, yeah. out of, he was out of gas, so he had to sit for a while. I think the Celtics figured out how to play Joel Embiid because their main facilitator is not playing. So it's like, all right, we'll, this guy, you know, poor Daniel Tice, right? Because it's like <laughs> Embiid is – Tice is no matchup for Embiid. Not too many people in the NBA are, are a matchup because of Embiid's size – and his ability to, you know, get to the get to the rim, stretch the defense, all those type of things. But I like how they're playing this big by committee type thing, and they kind of like rolling off guys. And if you that game was amazing because you saw a lot of like help D, like they they were kind of like digging out there and they were helping a little bit. Like I think Gordon Hayward had a steal when they kind of trapped and beat in the corner. He got the ball on the post and he tried to back it down. And then here comes Gordon Hayward out of nowhere, smacks the ball out of his hand. They create a turnover. You started to see a lot of that, like in the second half. And 
Embiid, like you said, there's no way he's going to be able to keep up the same intensity he had when he was like five for five for 11 points in the first quarter. Like that kind of dropped super quick and he had to start relying on his shooters. And they weren't, they, Philadelphia wasn't going out without a fight. Like every time I was like, oh, we punched them in the face, they came back and kept punching us back. And I'm like, dang, nabbit, if we could just figure out how to keep, matter of fact, they took the lead. I think in the fourth quarter, going into the fourth quarter, we had to go on a run thanks to one of those rebounds by Grant Williams. Um, you know, so I like the way that the Celtics are attacking their defense. You're right. They do need to go inside. But see, what, what's, what kind of like hinders them from doing that is it depends on how Embiid plays, right? So they were playing a lot of man-to-man defense, right? Every, you know, guy on their guy. But Embiid was playing man, but he was, he was playing drop man. So if you watched him, he would if, – if he felt like somebody was going to cut to the rim, he would drop off of his man and protect that paint. So the little guys couldn't get in there. And uh, Kemba – I mean, he did beat him on one play. Kemba, Tatum, th- those guys won't be able to go to paint. But if those – if the defensive the, – the wings on the defense leave their guys, then those, the guys driving could just dish it out to the wings. But they weren't leaving either. So what guys were doing, Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward – they were pulling middies, middies all day. Swish, swish, like right over. And I was like, yo, if our mid game is on point every night, it's going to be really mm. tough to beat this team. Really tough. Never mind the threes. They hitting middies. Yeah, they pulled real well. Um, speaking of what you said about, um, you know, them teaming and getting the steals, uh, we got burnt quite a few times on open threes, though, for doing that. Um, yeah. I think they should only do that for and B. Don't do it for everybody. Do it for Embiid, and that's it, because he's the one that, you know, you're going to get the steals from more. Agreed. I, I, they tried on Al Horford, but Al Horford is just way better. <laughs> he's a better passer. Like, he, he understands the big man. He understands his role as the big man. No disrespect to Joel Embiid. He's a great passer, too. But he's not as – I don't think men, he's as mentally fast as Al Horford, because they tried it on Al. Al was getting that ball out real quick. They came, they tried to double him. He dished that ball out to the cutter. It was, I was like, dang, I didn't even know Al saw the dude cutting. So you're, <laughs> you're right. Um, do it on Embiid. Can't let Al heat up. He didn't have too many points, but he definitely was keeping him in the game with his energy. One guy I want to attack, and I, I don't expect this guy to play as well as he played. I know he didn't shoot too well, but he did finish with 18 points. If you could take Alex Burke 18 points away, I mean, Alec Burke's 18 points, like, I think the Celtics win, like, every game by a landslide. And that's with Josh, you know, scoring. That's with Tobias Harris getting what he normally gets and Embiid getting his 30. Because Embiid is probably going to get his 30 night in and night out. He had, like, what, 19 rebounds? Wait, let me look up Embiid's stats. He had a lot of rebounds. 16. 16 rebounds, 26 points. You know, that's those are Embiid numbers. That I mean, that's what he's going to do. Um, but you saw he threw a one for four from the three. You want him shooting threes, right? You want yeah. contested threes, not wide open threes. So the guy you don't want heating up is like Josh Richardson, Shake Milton. Even Matisse was playing, you know, gave some decent minutes. Um, I, I just think Alec Burke coming off the bench was someone that gave them some points. He was a plus three and he gave him 18 points. So I, I just think that doesn't happen every night in and night out. I, I, I think they adjust on defense. The, the wings will stop leaving their guys because, like you said, they were rotating and trying to double, and then somebody's wide open for a jump shot, and it went in, and it was just like, ugh. So I don't think that happens night in and night out. I think the Celtics adjust. This is one thing they do very well, especially 
on defense, and that's adjust. So I think we see that in game two. Yeah, pretty much let Embiid get his and slow down everybody else. That's the formula. <laughs> so what did you think what of about the, the Jays? Oh, go ahead. What did you think of the flagrant foul call against Al? So a lot of people didn't like like the flagrant foul call, and 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 at first, when I first watched it, I I saw him spin around. Like when I see a player twirl, do a twirl, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a flagrant. And I know it wasn't intentional, but it kind of was. Like Al grabbed him by the arm, spun him around. And he hit the ground. He could have hit the ground a lot harder, which would have made it more sellable as a flagrant foul. But I think I get why they called it a flagrant. Should they have called it a flagrant? For me, yes. And I'm not saying that because, you know, I'm pro-Celtic. I just thought it was the spin around. If it was just like a regular hit, bump, or whatever, and they called it a flagrant, I would have been like, that's not a flagrant. But I think it was because of the spin that he uh, – was it, it was on Jalen Brown? Who was it on? Can yeah, it was Jalen. Yeah. Because he spun around – and hit the ground kind of awkwardly, he could have hit the ground a lot harder, and I think that's why they called it a flagrant. I think. I don't know. I didn't read the rest report. I'm a huge Jalen fan, but I think he's been taking tips from Marcus Smart on that play. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he grabbed his face, and I didn't yeah. see him get hit in the face at all. Yeah, so that's why they called it. I don't know why they called it a flagrant. It just I just saw the spin, and I'm like, dude, this dude could have got hurt from spinning. So that's why... I thought they called it a flagrant. I'm sticking to that. I'm not. That's my. That's what I'm sticking to. I mean, that's it. I do see what you're saying. It's that it was that second hand. You right. know, the second, the second one he did, not the first hit. Exactly. So the first hit was just a foul, but it was the second hand that kind of grabbed him, and then it kind of spun him around. Now, I don't know if he re tried to, you know, that was a flop spin or what, but that's a dangerous thing to do in midair, flopping and spinning. So. Possibly took some tips, you know. I saw, <laughs> I saw guys try to. I there was a player on their team that uh, we ended up fouling that took a hit in the face, but didn't get hit in the face when I saw it on the replay. But it, it happens, you know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. Now with Hayward out, uh, obviously the Jays are going to have to carry them. And uh, Tatum had a great night, 32, uh, 13 and one, and Brown was right behind him with 29, six and four. Uh, Brown had three huge threes in the fourth quarter. That last yes. one. The, yeah. The last one was the was the uplifter for this, the city of Boston. It, it was it. The state of Massachusetts was on their seats from that last three because <laughs> I didn't think he was going to hit that shot. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Went in and I'm like, yo, this kid is, is – he has – ice cold, whatever you want to call it in his veins. He is just ready to ball out. Matter of fact, when Jalen Brown, uh, well, we got to talk about his injury too, but when he got injured, the Celtics kind of started to slow down a little bit because he's the, he was that energy. You, you talked about driving to the basket. Jalen Brown was beating his man one-on-one. He was getting by like it was nothing and just getting to the basket. And then after he took that knee from uh, Embiid and his uh, right thigh, he has a right thigh contusion, by the way, and he's probable for tomorrow. Probable is good last time I checked. As long as it's not questionable or doubtful, we are all good. So Jalen Brown should be playing tomorrow's game. Uh, when he took that knee, and remember, he went, to, he went into the locker room. He came back. It took him a second to kind of get his win back going, and then he just started hitting threes. Yeah. And Tatum and Brown last night are the first Celtics under 23 to both score 25 points in a playoff game. I read a very interesting stat, guys. 
that when Jalen Brown scores over 25 points, the Celtics don't lose. <laughs> I, I will find that fact check <laughs> for you guys. But that was something that I read, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. Look, I love the way that those guys are playing. They're playing – the only – there was a couple of things that I saw that they can improve on last night, right? Number one would be rebounding. They have to figure out how to rebound better by committee because no one was boxing out. I know they don't have the size to rebound over Embiid or Al Horford or whatever, but they got to figure out how to get some rebounds. And Kimba – Walker had a huge rebound in the fourth quarter. Little two-foot Kimball had a huge rebound over Embiid. Like, Embiid missed it, and he grabbed it or whatever or whatnot. They have Do to- you know that was his only rebound of the game? I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. And I was just like, Kimball, I know you're not scoring like you were in cardiac Charlotte or whatnot, but, man, the heart you're giving, I, I'm, I'm admiring it. Listen, I'm a UConn fan. I've been following Kimball for a long time. And I'm happy to have him in Boston. I know he's not young anymore, and he's playing his heart out. But listen, that man said he's felt the best he's ever felt. His knee feels great, so I'm going to take him for what his knee feels. And I like the way they screen to get him those midi shots <laughs> is amazing. Once those start dropping like like water, it's a wrap. <laughs> Remember the thing about the Celtics is there's every guy on that team can have their night. Even Ennis Canner could come off the bench one night and get you 22 points. So you have to it's, – it's like a pick-your-poison type thing with the Celtics. They just have to always have that mindset. Brad talked about it. Like, they have to be ready to go. Like, go, 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 go. Like, don't pause. Keep going. Keep the fire going. Keep moving. Keep doing what they have to do. And those guys are going to be fine, man. And I love it that we're young. That's the cool – that's the best part of it all. Yeah, I love yeah, Kemba. I love Kemba. Sorry, because – he doesn't need to score like 25, 30 a night, you know, like some superstars or, you know, I got to get mine type of attitude. seems to be totally opposite of that. Yeah, I agree. I, it's like he accepted his role. He came to Boston. He said, what? I don't got to be that guy. Let's go. Like, you know, because I mean? he was that guy. Let's get like, and Charlotte, he was that guy. And you know, talking, you know, on my other podcast, we were talking about, like, you know, he's he's probably a little bit, you know, tires in his treader. You know, they're probably worn down because he's been that guy. He's had to drop 50-plus points. You know, he had to do what Damian Lillard is doing out there in, in Portland. He's had to do it, you know, for nine years, right? So he comes to Boston, and he doesn't have to be that guy. He can still be him, but he doesn't have to be that guy. And I think that's what is allowing him to just to just to keep you know superseding and i'm glad to have him in boston yeah about the rebounding you're right i mean if you look tice had three rebounds last night it was rough three smart had one it was rough that's not gonna happen you know what i mean so uh i like that smart will be starting we'll see what brad does with his rotations uh nobody knows what what's in brad's mind but i trust in brad Correct. they don't make the right you know, decisions. I don't see missing Gordon Hayward an issue for this series, but it's definitely going to be an issue for Toronto. I know. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> have his big game, a good game against Tor- Toronto. That was our second game, right? Second game, third game in the in the bubble. I th- it was one of those games Gordon Hayward went like berserk. Can't remember who it was against off the top of my head. Um, but you're right. He He will be missed. This is not, this is not, you know, 
we all know that he is going to be missed. It was something I said uh, on my Celtics podcast. It sucks. It sucks that he has to deal with the injury. It sucks that his input finally started to kind of like surface through the Celtics organization. Like his, his, you know, hopefully he'll stay there, but right now he's not putting weight on his foot, things, whatnot, foot in the boot, crutches. And if I'm Gordon Hayward, I would meet with my team, have a team meeting and say, listen, guys, I want to be here with you. You guys know that. Let me know, you know, blah, 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 whatever it is I can do to help you guys get over the next hurdle. Don't pull a Kyrie and just disappear and go get a surgery or something without consulting your teammates first. Let them know what's going on. They already know about the baby coming, but let them know what's going on. They know you're injured, but I think that his leadership would help them supersede going further. That's a good point. Do you think he's going to rehab in the bubble? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> wear it anymore. I'm sad. Um, I don't think so. I think he would have to leave. And he's he was going to leave uh, in September anyway. So I think he would have to, you know, I think he would leave. And maybe he'll leave maybe like a week earlier. I think Gordon Haywood's there, guys. I think he's going to be there. Listen, this man has come back from one of the worst injuries we've ever witnessed on national television. I guarantee you he's not going to let a third-degree a third ankle sprain get to, his, get to his mentality. Now, we may put out stuff about that and fans might call them, you know, injury prone and things like that. That stuff might start getting to him, but I'm hoping he's strong and mental enough to just surpass all of that crap. Maybe shut himself off from social media. I know it's hard. You know, I can't put my phone down no matter where I am, work, church, you name it. Phone is out. I'm at a softball game, checking the phone with one hand, catching the ball with the other hand. So I get it. It's tough. Um, but hopefully there's something, that's something that he can do. I do have one positive that, you know, I want to talk about Tice because I know Tice gets the blunt in and I know Tice just is the foul guy. Like he just, he's the fall foul guy. He takes all the fouls. Even when he doesn't foul, it's a foul. Um, you know what Tice is really great at? And he's probably the best in the league. Sealing off the D. Now, yeah. when you see those guys go to the paint, you see like the, you know, the slashers come in and get those easy layups, Gordon Hayward, Kimball Walker, Jason, uh, not Jason, not Jason Taylor, but Jalen Brown. They're getting around. Tice is sealing the hell out of Joel and B or whoever the big guy is in there. So he's strong. I just don't understand why he can't play on ball defense as strong. It's like guys overpower him. So I want to give him some credit for that. Tice be sealing when it comes to uh, setting the edge so those guys can come around and they get those easy buckets. So that's a big plus or a big bonus for the Celtics because he's been doing it all season. And he doesn't get the calls either. You know, he breathes on somebody and it's a call. Um, you know, I called <laughs> called in today to Zoe and Bertrand, and they think he say he's horrible at defense. I don't agree with that. I agree he gets the short end of the stick on calls a lot. Um, they pretty much said because he's a superstar, he's not going to get those calls. I call bullshit on that because if that's how you're going to run the NBA where only the superstars get the calls, you're going to lose a lot of fans. Yeah, unfortunately, though, the fans are still here, and they've been doing that since I've been watching basketball, like, in the early 80s. Like, superstars get calls. I don't know why. Uh, it's scripted that the superstars get calls. I, I be, I'm scratching my head when Jason Tatum got hit in the head the other night on a shot. We hit the three, but he still got hit, and they didn't call the foul because he <laughs> missed the shot. What, what, what is it? What's a foul? I don't know what a foul is anymore. I just know when the refs blow the whistle, it's a foul, and it's usually against us. Like, we don't get the call. So, 
I don't know what the Celtics did to the NBA referees back in the day or what, what's going on. <laughs> They're not getting any calls or any luck when it comes. They did get so – and you know what happened? Because of us complaining about the foul calls, we get a ghost phantom flagrant foul on Al Horford. That, that's what happens. That, that's how they make <laughs> it up to us. <laughs> yeah, I remember even, you know, when Garnett and, and Allen and those guys were here, like, they still weren't getting calls. Point exactly. And they were <laughs> super all-stars. Yeah. Super stars, all-star. Yeah, you're right. It's something about the Celtics organization. I think the Celtics and the Lakers don't get any calls. And I hate to bring up the Lakers, but I, if you ever watch their game, you want to see Le- LeBron. And LeBron never gets the calls either. That's why he's always crying. Dude's <laughs> punched in the mouth. Just because he's bigger than everybody doesn't mean he doesn't get fouled. So I want to say just because Jason Tatum is better than everybody doesn't mean he doesn't get fouled. But if you're going to give superstars calls, I guess it's up to them to relinquish when they feel like the player's a superstar. But it's unfortunate for a player like Daniel Tice, who's just out there balling hard. He's not bad on defense. He's just out. He's just outmatched against certain matchups. You can't put Daniel Tice six. What is he? Six, nine, six, eleven. You can't put him on a seven foot two guy and expect him to just outwork him. He doesn't have the footwork. Right. He doesn't have that specific skill set. Daniel Tice is going to come in there. He's going to stretch the D. He's going to play on his blocks. He's going to set screens. He's going to roll and he could finish. We've seen him finish at the rim off pick and rolls. So that's his strength. And this is what his is this his third, second, third year, second year in the system? I can't remember. Third year. Third, third. Which means he's only going to get better. He's only going to get better. I love it. And he's not that old. I don't know how he's like 27, 28. He's not that old either. I thought he was a lot. He looked a lot older than I, than he is. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that was a great find for Danny and them. Yeah, to go out and get a guy like Tice. Like, and the funny thing is when he came, remember we were where we we were in the playoffs. We were in the what game? I don't know. He missed the playoffs his rookie year because he ended up tearing his ACL. Remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Yeah. That would have been his first year. And then the second year he came back, that's when he started starting and, you know, getting in there with Al Horror. And then this is his third year. You're right. Exactly. So now he's really owning it. And you could just imagine if his three-point shot, and he hit a big three too, if his shot just keeps developing, they're going to do so many things because the, the thing about the Celtics players, they're interchangeable. They're flexible. They're variable. They can cover just about every position on there like they're, they're able to cover one two three four five seven you don't want you know daniel tice on on a, on a one or whatnot but it happens and and you know he's flexible and able to be able to you know at least kind of like bump a guy or something get one of those ghost files or something like that like things happen so it's unfortunate that he gets fouled for nothing but that's the role he's taking but for the Celtics, he has to be the fall guy i think one of the keys too could be daniel uh tice's shooting because all all game last night, you like you said, Embiid was trying to protect the paint and stuff. Tice has that three anytime he wants it when Embiid's in the game. It's there. I just want Tice to be more, you know, I'm going to shoot this joke. <laughs> okay, let's go back to the beginning of the game. He gets that shot. You're, you're 100% correct. Very beginning of the game, he gets the shot. Air ball. He didn't shoot it again. He he got the he got the shot again. They passed it to him. He pump faked it mm-hmm. and was like, "Nope, I'm passing it." So I'm like, yeah. "No, it's there. Take the shot." 
So we see that for Ty. That's part of our offense. And once he starts making it, guess who it pulls out of the paint? Just like you said. It gets him beat out of there, and now they have to defend him on the perimeter, and now these little guys can get to the basket like you want. You want them to drive. That's how it works. So he's just got to stay, stay and remain confident. If you're not hitting, it's okay. Keep shooting. It's in your repertoire. That's what I like from shooters. Now, from our non-shooters that keep shooting, and I won't mention their names, stop shooting after the first one because, because we got some shooters that need to heat up as well. But Brad won't tell him that. Brad will tell all of them if that shot's open, take it. You think Brad is telling Marcus Smart to take a shot? Absolutely, yep. You think so? He said it, I think it was – I think it was like three years ago they asked Brad that question, and he said that he's, if he's open, I'm going to tell him to take that shot every time. Okay, wait a minute. There's a difference between being open and pulling up and just shooting a shot. So I'm cool with the right. shots, right? I'm cool. That's a high percentage shot. He's wide open. It should fall, right? I'm cool with that. I'm not cool with the fast break. Instead of getting to the rim, I'm just going to pull up, stop at three, because ain't nobody down here, and just shoot the shot and then brick it and then – their guys get the rebound. Like, that's what I'm not cool with. And that goes for anybody on the team, not just Marcus Smart. Matter of fact, Ennis Canner came in the game, uh, his first stint in the game. He gets double teamed, and he tries to shoot a hook shot over Embiid and Al Horford. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? This is, they're both bigger than He missed that easy layup. He missed that easy layup, and Brad was like, nope, Rob, get in there. <laughs> and that was his second attempt. It was like he was forcing it. Like, don't force it. Make the extra pass. Live for the next play. Your shots will come. Your, your matchups will come. I get it. Canner has footwork. It's amazing. But I was saying, dude, there's no way you're making this shot. That's some, that's some shit I do in 2K when I be trying. And I always miss, too, with him. That's some stuff I would do in 2K. Try to back him down and get double teamed. And, nah, Canner, you can't do that. And that's what will get you sent back to the bench because <laughs> that's what happened. And yeah. came in and well, got like you said about Tice with um, covering Embiid, honestly, is there anybody that can cover Embiid in the league good? Yeah. I personally, myself, think Embiid's the best center. Okay. Yeah, he's got his injuries and stuff like that. But if he fully healthy, I think he's the best center in the league. Hands down. Who's better? Who's arguably better than Joel Embiid? You won't Nobody. Because that man is ridiculous. Like, this dude is averaging 30 and, and 20 a night. And I know people like to talk about AD. I know, I think AD, oh, AD is over, over, over round. Like, he just has more tools to work with, right? But I think Embiid, woo, he's a problem. There's two people. Isn't, that, he a, isn't Davis a power forward, though? He is a power forward. But I was, you know, remember his stint in, uh, when they were in New Orleans? Did they have him at the four or the five? Because they have Boogie at the four, I thought. Maybe they have Boogie at the five. I don't know. It, it's whatever. I think I would mismatch and put AD at the power four because he's quicker to get around bigger power forwards. But there's sometimes he does. When there's small centers, you put him at the five. I watched him at the five when I went to see them play the Celtics, and he just obliviated us from the three-point line, too, on top of that. Like, that's my point. Like, those guys are good. I like Embiid, though. He's like your, your, he's like your real center. I kind of gave him like a comparison to Shaq, but the difference between him and Shaq is their mindsets. Shaq was all dog and B soft, wet dog. Yeah. Like th that's the difference between the two. Stop crying and B. You ain't, you're good. You're too good to be crying like a big baby all the time. No pun. It goes for Giannis too recently. Mm, yep. <sighs> Man, Giannis got called for a foul today and, um, he was trying to get the, the explanation. They thought it was going to be a flagrant foul. That's what happened because, 
um, he kind of like the, the shooter, the three-point shooter landed on his foot. You can't go under the shooter anymore or whatnot. It's an automatic flagrant. But they didn't call it a flagrant, and he was still arguing with the ref. I'm like, dude, you got saved from a flagrant. They only shooting three shots. Shut up. Yeah. Or, another unguardable guy. Like, those guys are just unguardable. There's no one man that can stop. I don't even think LeBron James can stop uh, Giannis. Like, not anymore or ever. He's too – No, like you said with Embiid. You know, like Embiid's hard to hard to guard. You know, so is he. I mean, there's just yeah. Like as good as great as LeBron is, we've seen some no name players lock him down. No disrespect, but Shimmy can lock down LeBron James. I, he's done it. He, well, I won't say lock him down. That's that that's hard. To, that's harsh to say. I mean they can kind of contain him a bit. You know what I'm saying? Kind of kind of force him off of his gameplay. That's what Shimmy is for, guys. I hate to say it. He's good for a couple of three-point shots from the corner. They better be from the corner. And then he can kind of get on one of your biggest, best guys. He kind of gives Giannis trouble. So that's a good thing. That's why we have Shimmy on this team. As long as Giannis is a buck, Shimmy will be a Celtic. And like, like with Embiid and the, the Sixers, you know, you got, they're going to get their points. You know, they're going to get theirs. you gotta, you got to look at everybody else. Like today, they lost to Orlando. How embarrassing. Middleton was, like, horrible. Didn't even look like he was into the game. Um, but that's what you got to do is you got to stop the, their other guys, and they're beatable. That's it. That's the formula. That's, that's, what, that's what Stephen was saying with the formula with, with these guys. That, that's why Boston has to make a statement and beat Philly and just make and just leave it there. Leave it leave it at that. Don't let these guys get into a dog fight because when you got to deal with teams that are scrapping like the Orlando Magic, you can lose any given night. They're scrapping. They have nothing to lose. They're going to come out there and punch, eye gouge, do whatever it is they got to do to stay in the fight. And here you are this big juggernaut and you take a L. Now, let's keep it 100, right? I would say last year second round Celtics Bucks, we scrapped, we beat the snot out of them in the first game. <laughs> and then what happened? It woke it woke the sleeping giants. I do not expect you like Chris Middleton to be that bad. He was horrible. He had and finished with 14 points and was like four for 16 or four for 12 or something. It was bad. It wasn't it wasn't good. I think it was four. I may be wrong, but I think it was like four for twenty-two or something, like real bad. It was really But bad. last year, speaking of last year, like you were talking about, um, that was a whole Kyrie thing, going two for 18. I won't two for 17 um, in those games after we beat the Bucks. So, uh, the, the, actually, last year, during that series, I think the only consistent player last year was Jalen Brown. I remember. He was solid. Yeah, and, and I'm not going to sit here and just blame Kyrie because Terry Rozier couldn't come in and hit a shot off the – you know, he just couldn't make a shot either. And here's a guy that wants yeah. in the NBA. But, yeah – Kyrie was having bad games. It, it was so bad. It was just uh, he almost gave up on, on the team. Like, he knew it was over, but he had it up yeah. first game. So he hoodwinked us because I'm like, oh, oh shoot, we're going to beat these guys. And then I don't know. <laughs> like, he couldn't hit a shot. The bench couldn't hit a shot. And Tatum was cold. Let's just call it like it was. And like you said, Al Horford was lost. Like, he was, like he was gone mentally. It looked like the team was checked out. And, you know, the young guys were just trying to figure out a way to fight. And I'm glad we moved on from that and we're where we are right now. Steve, you still there? 
Yeah, I'm here. So how far do you, can you th- do you think the Celtics are going to go? I think the Celtics are going to go as far as they want to go with this particular uh, th- in this particular season because you see you we've seen some different Celtic teams, right? I mean, in this season. Like we've seen a Celtics team that are just energy fired up. We've seen Celtics teams that start slow. We cannot. And I repeat Maybe, maybe against the 76ers, but I don't even want to get into this habit. But we cannot start games off slow. We, we just can't. When we get to Toronto and get past the 76ers and we have to play a team like Toronto and we start off slow, uh-oh, because they have the firepower to shoot us out of a gym. So we don't want that to happen. We want their firepower and our firepower to kind of like cancel each other out and then find that one significant factor that can do their thing. But honestly, I think the Celtics can really get can go all the way. Like, what's stopping them from going all the way? Having a really good big? Well, they've proved that by a committee of these bigs, these young guys, they can get stuff done. And we're going to be place, We're going to be facing bigs for the rest of the tournament. Let's just call it like it is. We get past this team, we got Marcus Saul and Serge Ibaka. We get past them, then we're going to have to deal with uh, Brooke Lopez and, and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. I, hope, I think I said his name right for the first mm-hmm. time. We get to the finals, now we got to deal with <laughs> Uh, uh, LeBron, um, AD, and then or or Kawhi and and whoever is on the Clippers, and then just think about the bigs we're gonna have to face. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be what it is. We just gotta update the Celtics have to play their game fast tempo. Brad talked about just playing fast, keeping it moving, keeping it moving. That's ball movement, keeping the ball movement. Don't get static in those one-on-one matchups. Don't get called for shot clock violations. Stop turning the ball over like those little fundamental type things. I don't really see who's going to beat the Celtics, especially if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown is playing the way they're playing. That's what we've been waiting for. Those two to ignite. Now everything else probably will fall into place. Yeah, they're turning into both superstars before our eyes, you know, in this this bubble, so to say. I agree. Yeah, I mean, if they can, if both of them can average 30 a night, I think I kind of changed my mind. I think they could beat Toronto if both of them get 30 a night. They just they they bring so, something else more than just scoring, you know. They, yeah, rebounds. Yeah, yes. And when you're playing a team like Toronto, who are who have a lot of you know, I mean, they have their wings and they're small guys. I mean, Marcus Saul's not really their like a bet like a, a great rebounder. I like the matchup better actually. I'm just gonna keep it a hundred. I really like the matchup against Toronto. I know people don't like it, but then we. Did we lead, this, lead them in the series this year? Did we beat them most of the time? There's some teams I don't kind of want to face. Like, I don't really want to face a team like the scrappy teams. I, like, I want to face the best teams. I feel like we play better against the best teams. But don't let a team like Orlando get past the Bucks, And then don't let a team – don't let Miami win. Like, those are those, those, those scrappy teams that are just trying to go out for the gusto. I want the best teams because I feel like we, we play better. We play a lot better against those best teams. So – Keep the best teams coming. Milwaukee, do your thing, even though I'm rooting for the Magic. How long is Aaron Gordon out for, do you know? That's a good question. I have no idea. That's a good question. <laughs> Gordon's out. We also we know that, uh, what is his name, Jonathan, he's out. Isaac Jonathan, he's gone for the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're still scrapping away. Listen, 
uh, Vucevic is playing some of the best basketball. I, look, he was a guy I wanted, Ooh. but I think that the Celtics should trade to give up the farm and then he don't sign, you know, with the Celtics. But guess what he's going to be next year? A free agent. So let's see what happens. Let's, you know, I'm looking forward to next season as well because uh, we got to figure out what we're going to do with our guy, Gordon Hayward. So that could be another show. <laughs> mm, yeah, he, there's no way he... There's no way he doesn't opt in. Nobody else is going to pay him $31 million a year. Nobody else. He definitely opts in, um, I believe. You Does he have a trade picker? I don't think so, but I have to check. I'm I not mean, 100% sure, but you're right. If maybe there's a young team out there that wants a veteran player, you know, like a Memphis. Maybe Memphis would want somebody like Gordon Hayward. Um, a lot of money to just be a mentor. Is that something you yeah. – as a team, well, not be a mentor, but be the veteran president. I mean, he would definitely start, but I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I don't see anybody taking on his contract at all with his injuries and stuff, which leaves us with very little money to spend. Um, and like the center position, obviously, is has been the issue, and we have very little money. Baines is a free agent after this year again. I would love for him to come back to the Celtics. Imagine having Baines against Embiid. Now that's what the. <laughs> about right there like that's yeah. the, a man that you want to see that's the power versus power you know i still you I mean and beat is still better but that's what you want like you that's what we're missing we're missing the girth i feel like we we got yeah. th- that's what we're missing i couldn't think of the word i'm i i'm not gonna front I miss al horford a little bit because he was the smartest defensive player we had out there he just knew where guys were supposed to be sort of like how kg was when those guys were playing in that era but Baines was the was the mm, oh man. If we had Baines and Ty, this is if we had Baines, then Tice would run the four, Jason Tatum would go back to the three, Jalen mm. would be at the two, and then Kimball would be at the one. That that's how that lineup would be. But we don't have Baines. Sorry. So you're right. Hopefully, you know, we might be able to get him on a cheap deal. And I would like to see Canner stay with this team too. I know a lot of people don't like Ennis Canner, but I love his energy. And I'm telling you, if you he's an offensive weapon if you let him be (laughs) you just gotta let him be like but he's he's learning to play his role and that's something you have to do in brad stevens system learn your role once you can own your role man this team's gonna go far that's why you asked can they make it yeah they can they just gotta continue to play their roles yeah i'm excited personally like i can't wait to see how far they can go even this year and you know, just in the future, too, with the young core. and Well, think about it this way, too. Fun. I mean, Gordon inju- Gordon's injury hurts a lot. We know this, right? Mm-hmm. But this is giving us an opportunity to see our rookies, like, say, Romeo, Grant Williams, get in some good playoff time. If they don't win it all this year, that's important for these players to be getting quality playoff minutes. Yeah, I agree. You know, it was interesting. Brad Stevens said something about that. He said something about having playoff experience. And he said, you know what? It, it doesn't even matter. He was like, it's just another game. And, you know, for to us, it matters. Because I feel like with playoff experience, the mindset is different. But coming from Brad Stevens' perspective, he's just like, those guys got to go out there and play like it's just another game. Because if they win game one, game two won't be the same way. 
So they better shake it off and go out there and prepare for game two, prepare for game three. And he's not, he doesn't think the experience matters in that when it comes to playoff experience. I know from my perspective, I want playoff guys that know how to win in the playoffs, that know how to lose in the playoffs and then learn how to get better from being in the playoffs because being in the playoffs is a, you know, it's a great taste to have in your mouth, but you don't want to end up like a team like the Orlando Magic, who always the eighth seed and then lose in the first round, or Denver Nuggets, who can't seem to get past the second round, like or Portland Trailblazers, who can't get past the first round. That's probably what he was alluding to with that playoff experience. You don't want to end up like those teams just settling to get into the playoffs. When you get into the playoffs, you want to win the championship. Oh, no doubt, especially it's Boston Celtics. Exactly. Championship are bust every year. <laughs> every year. <laughs> well, Wayne, thanks for uh, joining with us. Do you want to uh, let us let everybody know where they can find you? Sure. All right. So my personal account is at Wayne Breezy on Twitter. So you can find me there. Um, I love responding. I love talking to everybody. So I'm not one of those people you send a message to and I don't respond back. That's not me. But my Shoot the Breeze account is at Shoot the Breeze. Uh, the number six, and you can find me on uh, my page there. Uh, I'm doing podcasts. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Shoot the Breeze, um, everywhere out there on the podcast stream. You can find it on YouTube. I stream live and go on YouTube with the Shoot the Breeze podcast. You can catch the Celtics blog podcast every Wednesday, every Friday, and every Monday. Um, we, t- we do those weekly podcasts, so you can catch that as well on the same uh, you know platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and whatnot. And it's truly been uh, a great time on your show. I truly appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for having me here. It's been wonderful, and I hope to come back soon. Thanks, Wayne. Yeah, thanks, man. You're welcome. So, Steve, uh, what do you, so what do you think your uh, top points uh, for the Celtics to improve from, from the first game? What do they need to do? Oh, rebounding, defensive rebounding. All of them have to hit the glass to, you know, collectively as a unit. Yeah. You know, or this, or the 76ers could keep it close and might steal a couple of games. You know, just kind of let Embiid get his and limit everyone else. You know, Tobias is a pretty good player. Richardson can be a problem. Shake Milton's coming into his own, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but these are the guys you're listing those guys. These are the guys that should not beat the Celtics, whether Haywood's in or not. If you mm-hmm. got Jason, uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker, you should not lose to Josh Richardson, Shake Milton. You know what I mean? Guys, you've never Alec Burks. I mean, you shouldn't be losing to these guys. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're good players, but they're not great. And I, for me, I think it's ball movement, especially with Gordon out. I think the ball movement is going to be very important uh, for whoever is filling in those minutes. Uh, like I said, Brad could almost go like 10 deep, I would say, in, almost in his rotation. Yeah, I'm still – they got to limit Wanamaker. Like, you talk about, like, smart just jacking up threes and then you get him in there doing the same. Well, Brad – actually, he only played 10 minutes last night. Yeah. Which so, is I mean, good. he, <laughs> yeah, besides Cantor, who played eight, and then Grant Williams, obviously, he was only in there for two minutes and got those two huge rebounds. Uh, but besides that, no, nobody else did it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, 
He didn't have that many minutes. And he only he had a two, six, and one. He actually, that was great. He had uh, six rebounds in 10 minutes, which is good. He gets on the glass. That's That and free throws, are, he's very good at. Right, absolutely. He led the freaking league, right? So. <laughs> yeah. He's like smart, like you said. They both gotta they both gotta facilitate. Absolutely. And I love Wayne's optimism on them beating Toronto. I'm still kinda skeptical, but like I said, if Jalen and Jason can both average thirty and each get close to ten rebounds a game, I think they can do it. Why the hell not? You know, this could be their, you know, true coming out party, if you will. For both of them. And I believe it year. will. <laughs> I think it will. I think we'll see both of them before. I mean, they're they're one of the best young duos in the league. And you got a guy like Kemba, who's been the leader, but he also is um, a great veteran presence. He's not. He's the anti-Kyrie. You know, uh, players love him. I think it was. I heard a story that um, John Calhoun, when he was at UConn, uh, you know how grumpy he could get, right? He said every time Kevin would walk into his office with a big smile and he couldn't not smile, you know, his just contagious, his attitude. And I think that's why they've done so well this year. Oh, absolutely. Yep. I mean, everyone's accepting of their role, Kemba included, you know, and he's cool with it, which absolutely I love. And his knee seems to be doing great, you know, so that miracle rehab in the bubble, whatever they did, they should bottle it. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. I don't his... think his knee was that bad when he went into the bubble. I think they were just being very cautious because he hadn't played even before the stoppage. He was out, right? Wasn't he out before the stoppage because of his knee? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, I think he was out. I think he came back for a couple games and then he had the layup. I'm not sure. Yeah. I but... mean, there was definitely questions before about it. Yeah, which is crazy because, you know, he played almost his whole career and never had any kind of injuries. They come with knee injuries in the Celtics, point guards. Right. Oh, yeah. Smaller point guards and knee injuries. <laughs> but, yeah, back to, like, Gordon real quick. If he's superstitious, like a lot of, like, sports people, he might opt out just for that. <laughs> Be like, yeah, I don't know what it is about Boston, but. I've never had so many injuries in my life. Maybe it's time to move on. Now nah, he ain't opting out of that $31 million contract. No way. And he loves Brad, him and Brad, you know, yeah. I mean, they went, they, he's not opting out. He's just, he, it, he's had unfortunate incidents. I mean, like I said, when we opened the show, if you've played basketball at any level, you've rolled your ankle. You've rolled oh, your ankle. God. There's no, yeah. you know, there. It, it's, I'm actually surprised that doesn't happen a lot more in the game under the basket than it does. I mean, you have people's, but I'm saying like the third degree, the mm -hmm. worser of the ankle sprains. And like Wayne said, ankle sprains are actually worse than a break. I broke my leg in December and that's exactly what the doctor said is it'll heal better like this. But when, if that's the case, I was out like eight weeks. You ain't, and, I, and I'm not playing basketball, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, if I go on that, I mean, you got to be worried. Uh, but I don't, unless he opts out of the the bubble, which, you know, they have internal talks. They don't think he's going to be back in time, blah, blah, blah. I don't see Brad telling him to go home or whatever because 
of the injury and then signing somebody else. I just don't – Brad will use what he has, and he should. You see what Romeo has. You see what maybe even Carson Edwards gets a few minutes, you know, if we need some shooting. Um, Javante Green may get some minutes. I just think he'd go with those guys who have been with the, the team all year. We haven't made one transaction all year. All 17 players have been together all year. He's not going to switch it up. As much as both of us, if Gordon can't go, would love to sign Isaiah Thomas, it's not going to happen. I mean, it's unfortunately break our hearts that it's not going to happen. So is it pretty much like if they do sign somebody, like Gordon's done? That can be kind of like a yes. telling sign, even if yeah. they don't say it. Yeah, for a regular injury, like a basketball injury, um, yes. But if it was a COVID mm-hmm. case, you sign somebody until that player can come back. It's weird. But if it's, yeah, if it's injury, injury, you'd have to either, you know, cut them type thing, go home and yeah. add somebody else. <laughs> but I don't think they're going to do that. They're probably going to see how he can do it. And the thing is, is if he does leave the bubble, right, where does he go for treatment? Boston? So he's going to be going to Boston, and then once his baby's going to be born, he's going to be going to Indiana, you know, yeah. and then going back into the bubble. I think, personally, I think he should rehab outside of the bubble. As much as I want him there with the teammates and stuff, do that. Make sure you have, like I said, try to make an induced date for, you know, <laughs> four weeks is September 15th. So hopefully, you know, he, his wife has the baby by then. You know, um, who knows? I really think deep down, I don't think we'll see him again this year. I really hate to say that because I don't, whether it's we don't get past Toronto or he doesn't heal that fast. I just, honestly, I don't see him unless we like, unless we get to the finals, maybe. But even then, I mean, he's going to be rusty. He's not – it's going to take him a little bit to come back. So, who knows? I'm glad I don't have Brad's job. <laughs> right, jeez. Yeah, welcome <laughs> back to the finals. You get to go against LeBron. <laughs> or some – or yeah, well, I'm Hawaii. Hoping <laughs> I'm hoping Portland upsets them. <laughs> yeah, who knows? It's crazy. Bubble life, it's, it's bizarre. I mean – well, like, yeah, the only thing we don't know with Gordon is, like, how does his wife feel? Does she want to move? I mean, we had a different sport, but we all know how Brady's situation ended in New England. You know, because she wanted – Oh, yeah, the wife's have a lot much. of – yeah, yeah, so, like, how does she feel? Is she ready to move on? Does she want to move back to, you know, Utah even? Who knows? No, then we'll go back to Utah. Uh, you never no know. Like I, don't, I don't think, but that's the great unknown. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, I don't like I said. I think he opts in. I think maybe with all these injuries, maybe I mean, it could his wife be telling telling him to hang it up? Mm. You know, we got four, we we got four. Well, we'll have four kids now. All the injuries he's been through, all that. You know what I mean? They have. He has the money. It's not mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Is it more going to be more fit? Because Gordon is a very great family guy. Absolutely. So, I mean, those questions too. I mean, I don't think so because he's only like, what, 30, 31? Yeah, yeah right around there. You know, but, but you never know. I mean, he, who knows what his wife was thinking, you know, when, she, when he rolled that ankle and stuff. I mean, not like, oh, no, not again. You know, mm-hmm. like 
did he break that ankle? I mean, because you can break that ankle very easily rolling rolling that. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. So, but he's just been unlucky. I mean, he really has. And it's been, again, when he comes to Boston, it's just same with Kemba. You know what I mean? What is it when they come? You know what it is? When they come to Boston, you're way more competitive than you were where you were. Boston, you know what I mean? Boston Celtics get at it every day. They're they're gritty. You know what I mean? When you play mm. like that, you know, there are going to be injuries. But I just think, you know, because in Utah, he, he's not playing at that level at Boston. You know, Kemba and Charlotte never, like, barely making the play, playoffs. He's not playing at that, like, intensity on the offensive end, maybe. But I like his defense. Did you see Kemba Garden defense just last night? He was, oh, yeah. He was really good. He was good. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's going to be fun. tomorrow night. Yeah, game two is tomorrow night at 6.30. Or if you're listening to this in the morning, it's uh, on – what's today? I can't even think of it. Today's Tuesday. Wow. It's <laughs> Wednesday at 6.30. All the days are blending. All of I've been doing all day, every day, from 1.30 to the last game ends, basketball, basketball, basketball. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Well, occasionally, except for slipping in the Bruins games in there too. But Yeah, they're on at four tomorrow, so you can go – Right from one into the other. Yeah, I think the Bruins game probably won't be over exactly at six, you know, six thirty. Mm-hmm. But they don't really exactly start play at six thirty. It's probably like six fifty. They end up start tip off anyway. Right. But yeah, yeah they they seem to run into each other, which kind of <laughs> stinks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. But all right. Well, do you want to? Did you have anything else? No, I'm good. I can't wait for tomorrow. Yeah, do you want to let everybody know where they can find you? Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, go to the website, diehardbostonsportsfans.com. You can see Jess's articles on there. You got other stuff on there as well. Facebook, Diehard Boston Sports Fans, and the podcast Chris and I do, Boston Sports Blitz. Just all Boston sports. You can find that on Facebook as well. Twitter, um, we play for titles. You get Diehard Boss Fans, Boston Sports, BLZ. That's all I got. I and uh, yeah, you can find me at diehard Boston sports fans. I'm the lead Celtics writer. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Jessica Snee, and the podcast is at Shooting Jays. So yeah, check out that. Um, and we'll be back soon with hopefully some more Celtic wins. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and thanks again, <laughs> Wayne, for jumping on tonight.